0: Welcome to another episode of Bitches Love Sports. We're on camera again. We're gonna try this again. <laughs> <laughs> Third time's
1: a charm, they say. Did we have, we done this twice? Well, you did it with Alex the first time, didn't you didn't record uh-huh. it. And then the one that we did with Alex, the two of us this movie.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. Third time's a charm. Like, like uh, I don't know. <laughs> well, I'm bitch two. I'm bitch one. I'm bitch three. Whoa. Bitch three <laughs> so everybody this is bitch three she hasn't been around yet Been busy as hell as hell i thought i was busy yeah yeah but bitch are always busy busy, all right so as usual we're gonna start well not even the usual i've done this like twice but we're gonna start with some (laughs) shout outs (laughs) okay so the first shout out goes to Naomi Osaka. So she is getting a shout out because she's gonna be appearing on um, Uninterrupted, The Shop, which is another show pro- produced by LeBron James, who just does all the things. Everything, <laughs> anything <laughs> that you can
1: think of, he's gonna do it, or
0: he's done it, already. Right. <laughs> so after being defeated in the third round of the US Open by Layla Fernandez, who went to the finals, by the way, um, Osaka told press, uh, that she wasn't sure when she was going to play her next tennis match so her exact quote was well basically i feel like i'm kind of at this point where i'm trying to figure out what i want to do and i honestly don't know when i'm going to play my next tennis match so there's that but since that press conference since the us open she's launched her skincare care company kinlo um, she attended the met gala And she was listed as one of Time Magazine's Top 100 Most Influential People of 2021. So I feel like regardless of what she chooses, um, I think she's gonna be okay. I'm sure. I would love to see her play tennis Yeah, this is not the last we're gonna hear of her for sure. Definitely not. She even said herself that she plays better when she plays with a purpose. So I feel like that must be something that applies to life. Like if it's significant enough for her to apply it to her tennis game, it must apply to life. And I think once Agreed. she finds her purpose, she'll find her path and, and she'll be all right. So um, I hope it's not the last time I see you play tennis, Naomi, but if it is, um, you've been awesome and I'm looking forward to see what you do next.
2: Whatever she does, it will be amazing. Yeah,
0: I'm sure. No matter what she does. I agree.
2: Skincare, fashion, oh, yeah. modeling, oh, yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. whatever right. she does, right. tennis, she's gonna excel. She's amazing. Yeah, you've got
0: options, girl. You've got options. Mm-hmm. All right. Next shout out goes to Ben Simmons for, I'm not, I, I wrote having conviction, but I'm not even sure. <laughs> I'm not even sure that's what we want to call it. I feel like I just want a reason to bring this up, but I don't want to spend a lot of time on it. So I'm just like, yeah, Ben Simmons gets a shout out for being either really smart or really stupid. <laughs> Woo <Woo-woo! laughs> um, So ben simmons has told the philadelphia 76ers that he will not report for the opening of training camp next week and intends to never play another game for the franchise never again um you say then, that now. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: and <laughs> there's a there are some Good reasons he might change his mind. Approximately $33 million of them. a good
2: make any decision. It's a good it's amount of reasons. I'm yeah. <laughs> all right with
0: it. Ben Simmons is under contract with the 76ers, uh, a four year $146 million contract, or that's how much is left on his mm-hmm. max extension that he signed in 2019. So with that being the case, The Sixers could suspend him for failing to render services and that would cost him approximately $220,000 per game.
2: I wish you got paid that much per
0: for game. For anything <laughs> for <laughs> day I showed up pre- to work. Precise. Precise. Wow. Even if you are like a hundred, I'll take a hundred <laughs> bucks per game. Jessica <laughs> might still be a public school teacher if she had
2: <laughs> 33 million reasons to if, show up to work. If, <laughs> if you
1: could give public school
2: teachers a raise, just a $33 million. <laughs> <per> <laughs> day, that's all we asked for. <laughs> it's not a lot. Yeah.
0: So um, he he wants to get traded it seems like unless he wants to quit but it sounds like he wants to go to another team but uh, teams don't have much incentive right now to offer him a high amount of money because they know he wants to leave uh, the fixers have already said that they want to keep him or at least coach Doc Rivers has stated that so he's not gonna get many offers that are gonna counter you know four years and 146 million dollars so It'll be interesting to see how things play out. Some people are speculating that he might change his mind. I think that is coming from what we saw happen with Aaron Rodgers, where everybody just knew Aaron Rodgers was not going back to Green Bay under any circumstances. And then and at the last and minute, what?
1: Huh? What happened, huh? he showed up.
0: What? And it was kind of the same situation. There was a lot at stake. There was a lot on the table for Aaron Rodgers to lose. And I think people are looking at that and saying, oh, Ben Simmons might walk that same path. We'll see. I'll, I'll be honest, I'm not personally invested. I'm just entertained by the idea that somebody might like give up $33 million because they hate their team. I know a lot of people who have played for teams and they hated and had teammates they hated. You gotta make Woo! that money. I have a question. I
2: have a question. Okay. How old is Benson?
0: Oh, that's a good question. Let me see. Cause... Because listen. How old? Is... If
2: you are under 25. Your decision-making part of your brain is it's like, oh, not done yet. Parents, it's not. It's not fully developed. So <laughs> yeah, you're gonna be like, on oh, principle, I'm walking away, and like, I bet your parents are like, oh, no, you won't. <laughs> Suit <laughs> up, let's go. <laughs> it's a lot.
0: Oh, it's put put him in. Mr. Simmons turned 25 in July. Whoa. Okay,
2: so it's, 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 so it's he, getting he, there. He just, yeah.
0: he just got to that point where rental car companies would be like, you know what, you're good now. Not that he ever had to rent a car with <laughs> a contract that <laughs> <laughs> paid $120,000 yeah. per day. He can literally buy a new car every day. Game. Every game. Yeah. You can get a Tesla every time. <laughs> it kind of yeah. makes every me Sunday. wonder, and I'll be
2: honest, I don't know a lot about this story, but it makes me wonder if there's more below the surface that we don't know about. Because I feel like that is just a really bold statement, especially if he's not 19 Go You fragile, know what I
0: mean? Well, there, there was a little bit of a misunderstanding. Um, after they were eliminated from the postseason this past year, there were some statements made by Doc Rivers um, and by, uh, what's his name? Joel Embiid. I so, was about to
2: say, like, I'm like, tall guy, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that tall guy Jersey? who plays yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, Joel Embiid, yeah. Um, yeah.
0: So, yeah, they made some statements regarding his play that suggested that they thought he was trash and didn't want him around anymore. That's how a lot of people interpreted it. Uh, Dog River says that's not what he meant. He says that he went into a press conference the next day and said that that was not what he meant but that people went on with their narrative anyway. Mm-hmm. Um you kinda of let that narrative go on for a long time before correcting it. So I don't know. Like I know that's really if I said that about one of my athletes or one of my teammates and that's not what I meant, I would put out a statement on social media. I would oh, do whatever yeah, I had sure, to do yeah. to make sure oh, yeah. that they understood that's not what I was trying to say. I wouldn't wait until they were like, you know what? Fuck you. I'm not coming back to be like Well was oh, this because God. I said you were trash? Like no, I didn't mean like that kind of trash. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <You're> <laughs>
2: Okay, gotcha. Now, now that you mention it, that's all coming back to me. I remember, I remember those stories about that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So
0: this is the the saga is continuing, and Let's apparently, yeah, apparently they owe him half of his salary at some point in November, but that's before the season actually starts. I don't know how that worked out. Um, so it's a situation where if he's really not going to play any games, they might not know until after they paid him half his salary um so, it gets complicated we'll see how it goes we'll
2: see interesting mm-hmm.
0: all right the next shout out goes to the new york liberty mm-hmm. um, and it's because they Congrats. made it into yes. the WNBA playoffs they in the see. last episode we were like yeah those seven seeds are live be? in yeah, and we don't know mm-hmm. who's gonna be the eighth and we found out it's new york liberty um, so the Liberty, the Mystics, and the Sparks all ended the season with a 12-20 and 20 record. But the Liberty won their last regular season game against the Mystics, and the Mystics lost their last regular season game to the Minnesota Lynx, and uh, the Sparks also lost their last regular season game to the Dallas Wings. The Liberty ended up in the playoffs because of the tiebreaker. They had the best head-to-head record among those three teams, and so they're in. So on that note, the next shout out goes to all the teams that made the WBA playoff. congratulations. Um, can't wait to see how this tournament plays out. We've got the Connecticut Sun, Las Vegas Aces, Minnesota Lynx, Seattle Storm, Woo! Phoenix Mercury, Chicago Sky, Dallas Wings, and New York Liberty. Round one is gonna be single elimination marinate. I kind of wish i remember so I could like reschedule practice, but I'll catch it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. We can record it. Yeah, we can record YouTube, it. <laughs> YouTube. You TV. YouTube TV. Sponsorship.
1: <laughs> 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 this
0: this, this uh, is uh, not <laughs> an ad. This is not an ad. Once
1: again, this not it's not an ad. <laughs> yeah. YouTube TV it's does you, not go If bad.
2: you have the plug to make it an ad that we get paid for it, just please, please, I mean, yeah, Put, yeah, it, in, put is, it in the uh, comments. Email you know, uh, us.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but tomorrow night, uh, the Wings are at Chicago playing the Sky at 8 p.m. Eastern, oh, going to okay. um, and the Liberty are going to go play against the Mercury in Phoenix at 10 p.m. Eastern, so both those games are on ESPN2. So if you have YouTube TV, definitely set your <laughs> DVR settings to okay. record into that awesome unlimited library that they have. That's right. <laughs> So the next couple shout outs we can spend a little bit more time on. So the next one goes out to the New Orleans Saints. This is another not so great shout out, kind of like for Ben Simmons, how that wasn't really like a, yeah, you did an awesome thing shout out. Same thing with the Saints. You got to talk about the Saints. They're my team and I love you. <laughs> But. <laughs> so a big instead but of here. a
2: shout out, this is like a boo out. Like, boo, <laughs> you need to do
0: better. <laughs> yeah, instead of a shout out, we're just shouting. <laughs> do better, <laughs> be better. It's a call out, that's what it is. It's a, it's a call out. That's what, it is. So that's what this segment oh. is gonna be. Shout outs <laughs> and call outs. Um, so Saints, we gotta call you out. Uh, but <laughs> after a great okay. opening game against the Packers, they turned around and went to play the Panthers at their stadium and lost 26 to seven. That's a tough game. To and that score doesn't even reflect how hard it was to watch. Yeah. <laughs> so yes. If you were doesn't. watching that game, it it really felt more like they lost like 42 to seven. Um, but Wait, she said it. it. <laughs> <laughs> we that's what like, it felt like. <laughs> as, as, a, as a fan watching that, and as a fan who had really high hopes after watching how Jameis and the whole team did mm-hmm. um, in that first week, yeah, that's what it felt like. Um, but anyway. But you baseboard, <laughs> that was cool. He did, but overall, <laughs> sorry, I don't mean to be like that. Oh. I, know. I'm, I trying. Know. I'm trying, I'm trying to did. make it seem like a lot softer, but I can't, I can't make it smoother. So, I, I, I will say this though, I will say this, there were 900 players on the defensive side. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that doesn't really account for what happened on the offensive side, but there were 900 players on the defensive side, five of them who played in that first week, so some of them, you know, weren't involved in the first week. But as far as like the difference between the weeks, yeah. you had those five guys who had, um, I think between them, they had at least two sacks and a bunch game. of tackles. Like these were all guys who did something, right? You know, in that last <laughs> yeah. week. They were, they were on the field making a difference, and we didn't have them this week. Not only that, but there were eight assistant coaches who were out. So, like, imagine going to a bout with like, four or five of your starters missing, and you also have a, have coaches that are just gone.
1: How about seven. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Um, and one of those coaches was Dan Rauscher, the offensive line coach. And the reason- oh, so you're
1: missing the five defensive right. line
0: and the defensive coach, all right. Yeah, and so the reason why I'm bringing up the offensive line coach is because as much as it's not talked about, you know, the, the way the offensive line plays, it kind of sets the tone for the rest of the offense. So if you look at a box score, because I think this came up last week when we were talking about how Ezekiel Elliott did a lot of pass blocking, but there mm-hmm. are no stats for that. Right. So um, if you if you look at a box score, you see the quarterback stats, you see rushing stats, you see passing stats, all of that. There are no stats for offensive linemen, right? right? Um, even on the defensive side, you can see like who made a tackle, who got a sack, all right. of that. But they don't have that. For offensive linemen somebody might have it somewhere but most box scores don't I, I have yet to see it right so really the stats for offensive linemen are reflected in in the quarterback stats and in the rushing stats specifically and of course the quarterback stats are, are related to the receiving stats so really you kind of have to think about the fact that if there are 11 guys on that field there's no way any particular play can just be up to one person it doesn't make sense and so even though the offensive side of the ball, those players, there weren't as many missing as there were on the defensive side. I just feel like there must have been something about that offensive line coach not being there that led to this, because it just doesn't make sense. Right. Now, one thing we learned about Jameis Winston, because a lot of people are like, "Well, which Jameis is the real Jameis?" Well, both are assholes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm <this> <laughs> a quarterback. Okay. Sorry, I should have said it like that. <laughs> I shouldn't have said it like that, but but here's the thing everybody's acting like he just all of a sudden showed up different to this game. No, he didn't. It was he had to deal with two different circumstances right. in the first game. He had so much time in the pocket, he had time to do all his check downs, find the right pass, which means clearly his receivers were getting open, right? right? So, everything was going well, it was happening at a pace that he could keep up. But what did we see in this game? He was pressured, yeah, he, had he got sacked. No Hold on, let me see if I have those stats up anywhere.
1: He had no time to, like, think about the play or, like, throw the ball or, like, nearly
0: as much as he did on the first game, for sure. Right. So he was sacked four times for a total of 31 yards. And week one, he was not sacked at all. Uh, Yeah. And Mm -hmm. even on the plays where he wasn't sacked, you could see that he felt pressured. The pressure was there, he was flustered, he was having to get rid of the ball a lot quicker. Mm -hmm. And so obviously that's something that Jameis has to work on. So which Jameis is the real Jameis? Both of them. Both Jameises are people who work well when the game is slowed down and the offensive line can keep him protected for a long time. And he doesn't do as well whenever he has to get rid of the ball quickly and there's coverage on his receivers, etc. etc. And same thing with Alvin Kamara. People were like, well, he didn't produce. Well, if the offensive line isn't good enough to block for the quarterback, it's probably not good enough to block very well for a running back. And that will affect the running back, too. Like, if I'm a jammer and I go out for five jams in a row and I get zero offense, I'm probably... (laughs) (laughs) Those are are (laughs) top jams, bro. Right. (laughs) I'm going to get to the point where I might not even expect offense. Even if I see it coming, I might just be like, I'm not going to do it. Yeah. Whatever. (laughs) this is some bullshit. <laughs> That's really the thought. Right, and so but, it's but, like- but, but
1: in that same scenario, there's a lot of factors playing, like maybe there's only two blockers out every Absolutely. time. Absolutely. Yeah, at the jam start, time. that's you know, the other two are mm-hmm. in the box, or like we're having like high penalty, you know, whatever. So, there's there's a lot of the Same in
0: same in happened. Yeah. In that game, like there's a lot Even of like other factors team playing, team not just finish off, or if the offensive line can't get it together because right. their assistant coach isn't there for whatever reason, right? It might feel like there's only two. Right. Exactly. Out there. Exactly. <laughs> you know? exactly. So, so, for whatever reason, The pocket was collapsing a lot quicker. Jameis had to make decisions a lot quicker. It was harder for him to find somebody who was open. And so I trust Jameis to figure that out. I trust Sean Payton and the offensive coordinator and the assistant coaches. Hopefully they're doing well. I trust them all to figure that out. I feel like they're going to look at what happened during this game, figure it out, and they're going to come back stronger. I believe that. And Jameis has been working on his quarterback skills in a variety of ways. So I think over the course of the season, we'll see the results of that. You know, I think, so I, I think if it were really him, we would have seen Taysom Hill go in right. at some point, mm-hmm. like we did in, in the first week. Right. But I, I think whatever the coaches were seeing, they thought that wasn't necessary. So it is what it is. And I'm just going to trust the team and the coaches and my quarterback to do their jobs.
1: Period. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the next shout out goes to the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs>
2: <laughs> she was already shaking already. Right, like, mm-mm. Yeah. what do you mean? Shout out, <laughs> the Cowboys! Oh boy, here we go. Here we go. Yeah.
0: Okay, let's try that again. <laughs> the next shout out goes to the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> 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 So the Dallas Cowboys defeated the Chargers at their new stadium with a score of twenty
1: to seventeen. And that stadium was beautiful though. Oh my god. I, yeah,
0: I was, so I was like, the time. Yes. I, I need to visit there.
1: Yes. Oh yes. It was insane. <laughs> that whole thing, the yeah. the whatever that is, the whatever, you know the the screen. The screen. Yeah. Thank <laughs> <you. It's laughs> my but okay. yeah, it was insane. It was insane. It was really beautiful.
0: Cool. From the else, which is gigantic, yeah, it does. Well, I mean, it is huge. gigantic. I, I can't even remember like how many layers there the are. I, I but... You know what it kind of reminded me of? You know, in Harry Potter when they show the The, the quickest, right? <laughs> 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 that's what the fuck this shit looks like. Just people, <laughs> so, so and the big screen in the middle. Yeah, you know what would be hilarious if the person who designed that actually was a Harry Potter fan. <laughs> Look at it, Yeah, listen to me now. Yeah. But yeah, that's what it looks like. It looks oh. like a freaking Quidditch stadium. That's huge. He was huge. Yes. Huge. So yeah, the the Cowboys did well. They won the game. They you won know. The game. Um, but still, I don't care so- what anybody has to say. They won the game. Period. <laughs> right. No, they- I will.
2: I will. Endorse- <laughs> I normally. I'm not really, really a football watcher, but normally if I see that there's the Cowboys on TV, I click on them because I want to see how much they're losing by <laughs> so that I can laugh at them. And I turned that game on and it was like tied, maybe 14-14. And I was wild. like, yeah. what? It's good game. So I will allow the shout out just this once, just this once okay. to the if we win again next week bro? We'll have to talk about it and see. <laughs> <laughs> i have to think about it.
0: Okay, if the Cowboys win, uh, bitch three might not be here. <laughs> I will. No, I might
2: just have to wear a dunce cap or something. I don't know. <laughs> wear a Cowboy shirt, I don't
0: know. You said it.
2: And then if they lose, you need to wear
0: what a Seahawks shirt. If you don't seem <laughs> that upset by it. I don't know why they're sitting here making these wages. <laughs> Like, Whatever. I'll bring you my
1: jersey. Do you have a jersey? You have a jersey? You have a jersey? No, not at
0: all. I'll, I'll find something for you. Okay. All, all right. All right. <laughs> so. Well, let's just we'll hope, hope the Cowboys. Win. Let's hope the Cowboys win, so that way we're prepared. That's right. <laughs> That's right.
1: That's right. I will bring my my Zeke jersey very proudly. And I'm going to make you wear it. I'm going to take a picture
0: and I'm going to post it. We'll see. We'll see about that. We'll see. Speaking of Zeke, even though the Cowboys won, so many people have something to say about Ezekiel Elliott. I'm so done with
1: people. I'm done with people people in
0: general. I just, I don't understand why. Well, okay. So I just. You go out there and do his job and see if you do it better. They won't because (laughs) he's really good at his job. And he has more than one job now. That's the thing. he he has been acting as a blocker and he has been, he has also been acting as a distraction for other plays Mm -hmm. to take place. Mm -hmm. So he seems to be somebody who's very comfortable with just being where his team needs him to be. Right. Which is not something that you see a lot among football players, especially star players. You normally see them with like a very big ego, like really worried about their stats. And he seems to be like, look, whatever you need me to do to help the offense run smoothly, I'm going to do it. And, I think that makes him worth the contract that he signed, despite so many people saying that the six-year, $90 million deal that he signed, like he doesn't deserve it just because he didn't run as many yards as Pollard. So as a matter of fact, let me, let me break something down. (laughs) Oh boy, here we go. No, I need to, I need to say this. I know, I know, I know Zeke is, your dude more than he is mine. I don't. I don't have to defend CD this week. Um, but depending yeah, on what right. happens with Amari Cooper, we'll see what happens next week. Oh I know. It's sad. Um, it is sad, and I hope he's okay. We sh- we actually and- should know. There should be an update. Can you Google Amari Cooper? Yes. Yes. Um, while I'm while I'm saying this, and too. Lawrence
1: too, Demarcus, because he broke his foot at fucking uh practice. When the few days before the game.
0: Oh damn. Yeah. Okay, well, I hope they're both okay. Positive vibes going out to them. Mm -hmm. But I just got to say something to all the people who are, who have something to say about Ezekiel Elliott right now. And it kind of goes back to that thing that we just talked about, about how there are 11 people on the field. Because here's what I noticed. It was in the first quarter. uh, There were first and goal. It was a touchdown that he got. Mm -hmm. They were first and goal from the four-yard line and when they when the ball was snapped that was a situation where most defenders followed the blockers and zeke which were going to the left and then pollard just went out to the right so it's like you had most people going to the left following zeke two people were actually watching cd and then it was like 1.5 dudes who watch pollard so pollard ran it into the end zone Uh and so i'm just like it was beautiful yeah Good for Pollard, like congratulations. I'm not saying Pollard is trash or anything, but if it weren't for the threat of Ezekiel Elliott, he wouldn't have had so much room to run it in. Now they were on the four yard line, maybe he might've gotten there anyway, I don't know. But my thing is Zeke played a role in that play. Mm-hmm. Um, there was another <laughs> play, um, let's see, about three minutes, three minutes ish left in the first quarter where there was just a delayed reaction getting to Pollard. Um, and then following that play, they caught him sooner, and then following that play, they basically ignored him again, all because they were looking at other threats on the field. And so I guess I bring this up to say that, like, Pollard killed it, like I said, but also the the defense wasn't checking for him like they were checking for Zeke, like they were checking for For mm CD. He doesn't have a big enough name for them to consider him as big of a threat. And so I think that has a lot to do with why he's getting so many opportunities right now um, and why so many people who actually work for the Cowboys are saying like, oh no, we're going to have a two-back system because that's what makes sense. Right. Because if you paid attention to the second half, the Chargers actually did start to pay more attention to Pollard, right? It was almost like they went into the locker room and they were like, yo, we keep yo, watching for Zeke. Yeah. <laughs> who is this other dude that keeps burning us? You know. Mm-hmm. And then they kind of got it together in the second half. And so, um, so for one thing, Mike McCarthy already said at one point, he said that they were going to try to save Zeke um, so that he could be healthy at the end of the season and that he could be good to go for the playoffs. So Mike McCarthy already put it out there that they weren't going to be using Zeke a ton during the first part of the regular season. So that's already been stated. And then you've got the comments from Jerry Jones where he's like, oh, it's an outstanding situation that we have both Zeke and Pollard who are killing it right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, teams are gonna take notice moving forward. Like anybody who saw those first two games are right. gonna be like, okay, that dude Pollard, we can't you. ignore him, mm-hmm. he's a threat. Right. And so now we'll probably see how the Cowboys adjust to that. We might see Zeke get more carries. We might see Pollard get less. Or maybe Zeke will continue to be a distraction. I don't know. I'm going to leave that up to Mm -hmm. (laughs) the the offensive coordinators. But um, let's see. Was there anything else I noticed? Oh, that that play at the end of the first half, CD had the ball. Uh Uh-huh. He was running – Zeke was running alongside him, and there was that, like, backwards lateral pass. Yeah. And, like, Zeke almost made it to the end zone. I'm like, if that play had actually resulted in a score, nobody would even be talking shit about Zeke right now. People would be talking about what a hero he is and singing his praises. Like, people wouldn't even remember Pollard. So, I don't know. Just everybody overreacts. Everybody's so quick. Everybody is always so quick to question Ezekiel Elliott. Like even last year, whenever he wasn't producing and you had an offensive line that like, you didn't even know who was going to be on the offensive line game to game. (laughs) And I'm like, this year, it's like, he hasn't had a bunch of fumbles, nothing like that. He's doing well. It's just that, you know, it's like using another derby analogy. If I'm jamming and everybody's on me and I see my pivot open on the outside, I'm handing off that star. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, somebody might be like, Oh well, lethal hands off the star of jam, and I'm getting like, but we're getting points though. Did right. we win or did we not win? If right. One I did job. <laughs>
1: yes, baby. Okay. <laughs> so. Even if the pivot is just is just like a distraction for the other blockers for you to make it, like Zeke has mm-hmm. been doing, like just being a distraction for the defense so they can actually do something.
0: Right. So my challenge to people is to pay more attention to that kind of thing. It Instead of just looking at the box score and trying to make assumptions based on the numbers about who's better than who look at what's actually happening look at who's playing a role cuz like i said not only was zeke a distraction but there were plays where CD was a distraction and it, and it wasn't even a passing play you know so he had some good catches yeah he did yeah. <laughs> um but pollard benefited from that mm-hmm. and i hope he continues to like i, I hope know. he continues he had to a great kill. game he i he i think it's great that he benefited from that because Mm -hmm. like now we see like, okay, we do have more than one really lethal weapon in in our running game, right? But I just, I don't like people talking about Zeke for no reason, so. (laughs) (laughs) All right. um. No, bitch. I can sit back in my chair now. (laughs) You're done with your dissertation on the (laughs) Cowboys. All right, the last shout-out goes to Simone Biles. And it is because Simone Biles has been listed as one of Time Magazine's Top 100 Most Influential People. Yes, babe. Now, some other people who are listed as uh, the Top 100, um, in the Titan section, which is where Simone Biles was listed, you've got Allison Felix and Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty awesome that <laughs> yeah. she was listed among them. Um, and other people in the top 100 in general in other sections include five-time Olympic medalist Sunisa Lee. She's uh, the gymnast who won gold in the all-around this year at the Olympics. Um, There were also Lil Nas X, Dolly Parton, Bad Bunny, Joe Biden, and Kamala Harris. Not athletes, but just notable people who were included in the top 100, along with Simone Biles.
2: She's in good company, that's for sure.
0: She Mm -hmm. is, and I definitely think she deserves the accolades. Um, In the interview that she did for this particular recognition, she said, it's very hard for women and girls to set boundaries. But if you start by saying no or setting boundaries for the little things, then the bigger things don't seem so big. Preach and it, preach it. I thought that was so significant coming from her as a young woman and also as a survivor, just because that's not a message that we hear a lot. Mm-hmm. And as a matter of fact, there are some people who grow up in families where they'll hear the opposite that, you know, as women, sometimes you just have to go along to get along mm-hmm. and that kind of thing and i just think it's really good for someone especially someone who so many women and girls look up to to be like no you need to set boundaries you need to say no and if you have trouble saying no start here work your way up to there um you know basically admitting that she struggled with it as well so i really appreciate her just being so responsible with her energy and putting out the right messages um because she's been through some things where she could she could take a different route she could be very angry and say some very damaging things, but she's instead chosen to be an example. She's chosen to motivate and inspire people. Mm -hmm. And I think that's awesome. She's another athlete who's very young, Mm -hmm. but still is making very mature choices. So in that same interview, uh, she also mentioned that there was additional pressure on her during these Olympics, knowing that she was a leader for the survivors, referring to survivors of Larry Nassar's sexual assault, and with her being one of the um, one of the ones remaining in the sport, so a lot of the survivors are no longer competing, but she is one of the ones who is. And she said, "Being an overthinker for the most part has benefited me, but then when you get inside your head, that's when it becomes hurtful." And that resonated with me personally, because I, I felt like she was describing my life. <laughs> I'm definitely an overthinker, and it, it does benefit me in a lot of ways. It's why I'm able to be so productive. But it's it's when that overthinking starts to go from the external things that you're doing to the internal, that it can go from being productive to very counterproductive. And I, I really do hate those moments. So it was one of those things where I was just like oh, my God, somebody else understands. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. Um, And she wrapped up by saying she wondered why she was being congratulated. She talked about how, like, when she would go into stores and stuff, people would congratulate her. And she said it was a little bit confusing because for years, she was only congratulated for winning. But now she's being congratulated for being a human and for being vulnerable. And that was just really interesting and significant to me just because it's one of those things that you never think about like I think whenever we see athletes who are successful and we've talked about this before Mm -hmm. how you just kind of make assumptions about the rest of their life and how happy they must be with their lives because they're winning and they've got all this recognition and admiration and fans and money right a life must be perfect but um that's not always how it goes and sometimes like yeah there's that admiration but then it's like when they're not recognized for certain things it can really cause a shift in how you think about those certain right. things so it's like winning is important being human is not as important it's not valued. You. so right. you're going to focus on winning not focus on being human and that can lead to just a lot of mental issues let's just say that yeah. um to put it yeah you know exactly. <laughs> to put it simply yes. Yes. But Serena Williams, who also gets a shout out for writing this touching open letter to Simone Biles, she wrote this to be published in this issue of Time Magazine, recognizing Simone Biles and 99 other people. And I just want to read her words. It's not very long, but she had some really um, thoughtful things to say, considering that Serena Williams is so much older than Simone Biles and has been an athlete for so much longer. She said, there's something poetic about the way Simone Biles moves. She's a master of precision, grace, and dominance, and at the age of just 24, she has cemented herself as one of the most decorated American gymnasts of all time. But when she's not on the mat or competing in front of the world, Simone strikes the powerful balance between humility and confidence. She's enthusiastic yet stoic, believing in her strength, trusting her body, and embracing her greatness. With a total of 32 Olympic and World Championship medals, Simone's athletic achievements are seen once in a lifetime. What she embodies truly reflects the endless potential of black women. I wish I had her to look up to when I was younger and trying to realize my dreams. Simone's greatest work, however, is what's being done outside of the gym. She is using her mature voice and platform to share her personal journey of self-love, respect and acceptance. Simone is wise beyond her years. By living her truth so loudly and by championing mental health, she is setting new standards of beauty, strength and resilience. Breaking down today's image-obsessed stereotypes and encouraging others to do the same, Simone is a shining example of what success looks like when you let go of what the world thinks and gather your strength from yourself, from your soul. So that was just—I mean, that was so important, yeah beautiful. To have Serena Williams say, like, I wish I had you to look up to mm-hmm. when I was younger, I that's know. that's major. Mm-hmm. But I feel the same way. I also wish I had Simone Biles and more people like her to look up to when I was younger. I mm-hmm. can't say what would have happened differently, like if I would have actually made different decisions. But I do think that the way I would have thought about some of my decisions and approached some of my decisions probably would have been a lot different. Mm-hmm. Because this past year, I've had a lot of time to think about, like, yeah, you've done all this X, Y, Z, that's really great, but have you really made the best decisions? Is the way that you live your life really healthy? And I don't know. The jury's still out <laughs> there. Well. I'm still out here doing the most. Speaking of doing the most. <laughs> <laughs> nice
1: transition.
2: <for you. laughs> so smooth. <laughs> yeah, speaking of doing the most, uh, I would love to hear more about this brand new roller derby team that y'all are rolling out called <laughs> yeah. violet. called violet, violet
0: crown roller derby that's violet, violet. like violet. the colors like color not Violet. violent <laughs> not
2: violent violet
0: violet's crown roller um derby. So, yeah, it's another example of me doing the most.
2: <laughs> I'm not surprised. I've known this bitch for so many years, and uh-huh. I'm just, at this point, I'm not even surprised. And she's like, all right, well, I'm just gonna start a whole new team. I'm like, all right,
0: what are you gonna yeah. do? So I'm not even surprised. <laughs> um, so how do we make a long story short? Um, at the beginning of 2020. <laughs> it
1: all started. <laughs>
0: the <coronavirus>. of <laughs> before the Before corona, before yeah. all that, Um, At the beginning of 2020, I tried out for the Texas Roller Girls travel team for the first time in two years. i had taken a year off in 2019. 2020, I decided I was ready to do it again. And I felt like I was doing great at tryouts, performing better than I ever had before. So really looking forward to the season. I made the travel team. And I really had a good feeling I was going to make a team, too. I had a good feeling. And I did too. they would we... <laughs> have. They would have. <laughs> but before we were assigned to teams, a pandemic hit. COVID practices were canceled indefinitely. Um, the international championships that were supposed to take place in Austin were canceled. And.
2: Man, I forgot it was going to be in Austin that was going to be so awesome Um, too
0: that year was going to be amazing
2: my heart is broken all over again the the travel team was going to
0: be bomb and and then the championships were going to happen at the same time as Comic Con like (laughs) downtown was going to be fucking lit yes I was so ready. I was like, all right, I'm going I'm to skate, then I'm going to have my cosplay ready. So, yes.
1: Yeah. Talking uh, about doing everything.
0: <laughs> doing, doing the most.
2: most. <laughs> I don't um, know how she has
1: time to do everything she does. Honestly, like, Oh, did you watch this game? Oh, did you watch that game? Like, and she's watching like four games at a time—matches, tennis, <laughs> football, basketball—all at once. And then texting me, up, I'm like, "How do you even have time? Like, do you sleep? Like, do you have do you have like the Harry Potter clock too? And you go back in time?
2: <laughs> What's happening? It has to be that because even if you didn't sleep, there's still not time. There's still time. I promise you, there is. No! Yeah, Overachiever is not even a word to describe what she
1: does on a daily basis,
0: y'all. Like,
1: for real. Kudos.
0: Thank you. you. (laughs) I'll have to write it down one day. I'll be like, look, see, here's the times. But yeah, so it it got to the point where it was unclear when Derby would be returning. And Mm -hmm. over the summer, I decided to start skating again. Uh, because I just, I didn't want to lose my skills. And so I would go to various tennis courts just by myself working on stuff. Time kept passing. Um, places started to open up again. Vaccines were rolled out. Other sports started to come back in 2021. And uh, the main governing body of Flat Track Roller Derby was still enforcing a return to play plan that because of the number of COVID cases in Austin, I we came back for like, a week, yeah, two, two, a couple weeks, weeks or one, yeah. like, yeah, a week and a half. And it, was, it was mm-hmm. multiple weeks, but I remember our practices got rained out. Yeah. A few as soon times. as we started yeah. saying, like, oh, yeah, we're going to go back to practice. Yeah. In
1: Texas, it was like, no, bitch. No, <laughs> so we're going to yes. get rained out. The <laughs> day of
0: practice, right before, right at day. time. Yes. Yeah, and it doesn't even normally rain like that. It does it, it was the weirdest thing. But, um, I got to a point where I was like, okay, I want to practice. I want to keep improving my skills. And now I'm ready to work on contact. So I got some of my vaccinated friends together. And I was like, who wants to do some contact? So that's where it started. And then I started to hear that some of the other leagues in Texas were considering signing up with another um, organization that does not call themselves a governing body, but Basically, they are another organization that has insurance for our sport and is also organizing tournaments for our sport. So I'm like, you mean to tell me <laughs> we could compete this year? Um, and that got me really excited. So then I got a few of my friends together, and I was like, hey, y'all want to invest money in starting a And they were like, yeah. Fuck yes, we are. That's
2: how you know it's a real home right start a brand new team with a brand new brand new everything yeah yeah okay let's
1: do it when you brought it up to me like we were recording i think when we first started recording and you know like i'm thinking about this because we were like like we were skating but not
2: doing not doing this
1: that we're doing now and i'm like bitch i thought whatever you tell me like i'm I'm (laughs) in like you tell me you want to start a new team i'm i'm doing
2: it if she starts something you follow. right? That's not a question. <laughs> you don't think about it. You just nod your head, say yes, uh-huh. and you do what and she you says. Because yeah. It. Yeah. Exactly. it's a little out. Yeah, she's got her shit together. I feel like it's going to work
0: out. It's working out yeah. so far. Yeah, But I'm really excited about it because one of the things that I was concerned about here in Austin was just the idea of us losing not only our physical space, like where we practice, but losing our space within the community. Right. Because, you know, I I don't even know what the fans of Flat Track World Derby are going to look like if we ever decide to host about. Um, But there's just so many other sports that are popping up that are there to compete with us. And those Mm -hmm. sports have more money. Mm -hmm. They have a a better status (laughs) fan base. They have more Mm -hmm. sponsors. And I was just like, I don't want people to forget about Flat Track Derby altogether. The people who are participating in the sport, I want them to know that they have something to come back to. Mm And so it started to feel like it was about more than just I want to skate. It was like, like even for the people who don't want to skate right now, I want them to have something to come back to when they're ready. I'm
2: really excited about it because I think, you know, you touched on this, but we need a glimmer of hope right now. And for so many people, Derby is a lifeline. I know it was for me. It was the only opportunity I had to go out of my professional life, my, you know, my, my, my wife life and, you know, and my, my role in my family and just be Jurassica Mm -hmm. and people. I mean, when do we need that more except for in the middle of the pandemic, but there was no space for that because of the pan, you know, because of COVID, you know, Mm -hmm. and I understand the need for safety, but like you mentioned, there are opportunities. There are ways for us to practice and be together and play sports together safely, as long as we have the proper, you know, protocols and mandates in place. And so I'm really excited to see, like, it's, I think it's, it's really filling, uh, filling that, that hope that is needed right now, that we're 18 months into this, 18 months, more than 18 months, 19 months. I mean, and, and it's, I I just, I'm really excited to see where Violet Crown goes because Mm -hmm. of that. I think this is such a, a great time to start it up
0: it's interesting that you describe derby as like a lifeline and such a significant part of your life, because I don't think I thought about it myself that way until somebody, um, I think it was you <laughs> who described derby as the sport that saved our souls. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, I think sometimes I forget that that's what derby is for so mm-hmm. many people. Mm-hmm. And I don't think about it that way for me. Cause I think I look at it as like, there are so many things in my life that I feel like saved my soul, but I'm like, there's a reason why I'm so dedicated to this sport, right? It's like, it's giving it's giving me an identity, mm-hmm, right? You know, mm-hmm, I absolutely. I won't say that I don't know who I would be without derby, but I I can say I would be a very different person. Absolutely. My life experience would be totally different. So it's like, yeah, I want to compete. Yeah, I want to make room for this sport. Yeah, I even want to take a chance at running the sport in a different way to see what we can do as far as legitimizing it and bringing revenue into the sport. But... I also want people to still have a space where they can be that version of themselves that Derby allows them to be, whether it's somebody who's a leader off the track and a coach and a trainer, or it's somebody who's just like, yeah, this is how I get out my aggression or this is a place where I'm a star, or this is a place where I feel connected to other people in ways that I don't normally connect with people like my coworkers, for example.
1: I know like Derby has allowed me to find myself and like, know who I am now I I I know a hundred percent I wouldn't be here in this country if it wasn't for Derby Mm -hmm. I wouldn't have moved to Austin if it wasn't for Derby I wouldn't have this family that I have if it wasn't for Derby I wouldn't have a lot of things that I do have and I'm so thankful for if it wasn't for Derby so it's like doing this and like giving that that opportunity to somebody else later on so the sport doesn't die now like we have to do something about it so other people can have that experience too and allow you know have a safe space to be who you are and like don't worry about being judged
0: or whatever like i don't know so i feel like this is a good thing that we're doing (laughs) for me I think what's interesting is like a lot of people when they talk about how Derby saved their soul. And I, I literally just thought about this yesterday about the fact that so many people are very connected to that athletic side of the sport mm-hmm. because most people find the sport wanting to skate and then they start skating and that becomes their thing. And then like their league job or work that they have to do for the league or dues that they have to pay kind of becomes a secondary thing. It's like, not saying that anybody wants to suck at it, but it's not like, this is my purpose, Right. whereas for me, it's very much the opposite, <laughs> but I, I think a lot, a large part of that is because when I came into Derby, I was trash, I, like <laughs> seriously, I was trash, I was not allowed to bout for like the first year and a half that I was a member of Nashville Roller Girls, at first, it was because I was considered unsafe to scrimmage, because my skills were not up to par, and then it was because they didn't have home teams, they only had um, a travel, travel team. team, and mm-hmm. I wasn't good enough to make that, and so I ended up spending a lot of time doing random stuff. And, and once again, it's not like I was told to. I came into Derby not understanding what I was getting myself into. And so at first for me, it was rec league. That was when I realized I was trash. <laughs> <laughs> That's the same. <laughs> and then I just kind of kept showing up to, pe- to stuff that people told me to show up to until one day I ended up at tryouts. Um, <laughs> and I passed tryouts somehow, um, which I shouldn't even say it was tryouts, it was the minimum skills test. So mm-hmm. I had the minimum skills to be part of the league, but not enough skills to be a part of the travel team. Um, But through that process, I was just like, I still don't know what's going on, but I think this group of women is really cool. Mm -hmm. And so I'm just going to try to help them be successful. And since I can't do that on the track, I'm just going to try to see what I can do as far as marketing and promotional events. Mm -hmm. And then they were like, oh, by the way, um, Champs is going to happen in Nashville this year. And I was like, what the hell does that mean? (laughs) (laughs) Champs? What kind of Champs? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I was like, what kind of Champs? because this was when I knew they had a team, but I didn't know who they played against. Mm-hmm. So I was thinking that they played against people who were like nearby, like, um, like there oh. was a, <laughs> there was a team in Red River, there was a team in Chattanooga. But at the time, Nashville was a D1 team. And they were like, Oh, no, um, they were like D1 championships. So there's going to be teams here from Germany and Canada and mm-hmm. Australia. And I was like, Wait, there's roller three and all these? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was hold like, up, hold up, hold up. Mm-hmm. And so then over the course of the year, leading up to Chance, we got to meet people like Smarty Pants who came from Texas to lead us through a clinic, um, which is apparently a thing a lot of skaters do. And I remember I got to Chance and I didn't know about any of the other teams, but I saw that Texas had a merch table and I was like, oh, I remember Smarty Pants and I like bought a shirt. <laughs> but when, when Chance finally happened, I was like, holy shit, this community is insane. Mm-hmm. Insane both in size and insane because some crazy bitches and dirty. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> so yeah, I was just blown away by the culture, the environment just how much support there was because most of the people who were there were people who also skated, but it wasn't like, I can't cheer for the teams on the track because I play for another team. It's like, Mm -hmm. everybody just wanted to see good displays of the sport Mm -hmm. and just to see so many people show up from around the world to support this, this sport. And that was also the game where, so Gotham had been undefeated for like five years and Mm -hmm. rose city Mm -hmm. seemed like they could really challenge them to take the championship It was the
1: beginning of the end
0: (laughs) (laughs) they didn't win that year but i remember seeing scald eagle and it was my first time seeing somebody (laughs) leave so much of themselves on the track that she literally collapsed in the last lap that she was skating trying to score enough points on a power jam to defeat gotham and, it was, just, know, just it. and know. it was it was the kind of thing that inspired me from that moment on because I was like, I had not I hadn't seen that level of athleticism among these women. No, not to anybody who skated for Nashville Roller Girls, because actually there, there was one teammate who I would say got close and she eventually left and went to skate for Gotham. But that was something that I hadn't seen a lot. I hadn't mm-hmm. seen somebody who like a game meant so much to them. That they would collapse before calling off a jam, mm-hmm. you know. I hadn't seen so many skaters leave it all on the track because, like, yes, bald Eagle fell, but her blockers were working so hard, and that was just an inspiring thing to watch, an inspiring thing to see. And it's like I was working hard before then because in order to get scrimmage ready, I was having to like show up on Fridays at like five a.m. to practice outside of practice by myself, just working on stops, trying to get better. But then after that, this bitch, I really started getting in the gym. I started looking at film different. Mm-hmm. I started studying movement. I was like, I'm going to figure this shit out. <laughs> and that was another reason why 2020 was so heartbreaking for me because was because I was like, I so finally ready. came from that mm-hmm. to being able to skate for one of the top 10 teams in the world. And then this is what happened.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: The vid. <sighs> i don't know. Well,
0: go ahead
2: no i was just gonna say like what are you all most excited about with violet crown and then what are you what are, like your trepidations or like something you're you're nervous about with violet crown
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> i know that's a lot
1: <laughs> i'm very excited just to skate uh because like you were saying during the pandemic i i was skating too i picked up uh Park skating, I was going to a skate park, which is very scary. But it would take the, I don't know, like that, oh, uh, that I wanna play and I can't, you know? And like I would just go and like be like, fuck it. I'm just gonna just gonna jump. I'm just gonna drop in. I'm just gonna do this. I'm just you know, whatever. Cause it's like I need this, I need this. <laughs> uh and then like she was just like, hey some contact like fuck yes I like, do <laughs> what you mean you tell me when it what day and what time when I'm leaving so I'm very excited and like the group of people that we have is actually really 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 I'm cool they're really good yes yes and very committed actually to keep this going and like coming to practices and doing like yeah, like the other Monday nights to teach you know like baby skaters and it's it's really nice. So I'm very excited to
0: see where this goes. Have a lot of a lot of faith and hope in this in this project. I do too. Um, I'm excited about a lot of things. It's hard to say what I'm most excited about because, like, I mean, my motivation is to compete, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I I love the fact that USARS is going to be having tournaments, mm-hmm. um, and so that's exciting. But as for what I'm most excited about, and and maybe this is because I was a human and organizational development major in college, so I just like the way I view this is just, I'm looking at all these people coming together because it's not like I got people from my old league to just form a new league, right? There are a lot of people from my old league, but there's also people from bank track. Mm -hmm. There's people- From the men's derby. Yeah, there are people from Austin Anarchy, the men's derby team. Mm -hmm. There are people who moved to Austin during the pandemic and played derby in some other state 4 years ago retired but, 4 years ago yeah. and now they're coming out of retirement to skate with us yeah, there are people absolutely. who have never played derby before
1: mm-hmm.
0: and I think we're so lucky in the fact that all these people are coming together and still getting along, learning a, a rule set that's new to all of to us. To all of us. None right. of us have played each other. That's what's cool
1: about it too.
0: But everybody's so down for figuring out strategy. We had a whole separate meeting after practice on Saturday right. to watch film of other teams and figure out like, okay, how do we play? Yes. How do <laughs> like, we make
1: strategy with this? <laughs> like what,
0: what strategy can we figure out? Do right. we understand the rules? So I would considering all that, I would have to say the thing that I'm most excited about is the opportunity to see how a different style of governance works with this sport. And I don't mean like the governing body. I mean, like literally how the league is run, because I believe that this sport can make money. I don't know how much, like we talked about on episode one, how Mm -hmm. the age of a sport can make a big difference in its reception and the revenue that you can expect. So roller derby is a Flat track roller derby. It's a very young sport. Mm-hmm. It's still considered an obscure sport, mm-hmm. and the way it's usually represented in the media is not what it is in real life. Like usually when you see roller derby skaters in TV and movies, it's like these hypersexual women with mental issues who like, like wrestling on skates. Just women yeah. wrestling on skates and yeah, and much. makeup. And yeah. it is not.
1: It can. I be. mean, sometimes it can and
2: be. <laughs> It can be, <laughs> only if you want it to be, though. It's
0: not a prerequisite. But it's not birds of prey
1: and it's not whip it. That's, yeah. not, that's it's, not. It's
0: almost never represented as a serious athletic endeavor. Mm-hmm. It's almost always represented as theatrics mm-hmm. and just drama. Like, I yeah. literally, the closest thing that I saw to an actual legit explanation of a flat track roller derby was an episode of um, what's that Hulk cartoon? The cartoon? Yeah. Hold on. Which one? Because you watch a lot of cartoons. <laughs> <laughs> I watch sports and anime.
1: <laughs> and she has time to watch anime. Yeah, like. I, don't, I don't get it. Do you
2: just watch it um, on your
0: Like, you just leave, like, what? i open like. Well, like uh. Hulk and the Agents of Smash. There was an episode where they played roller derby. What? Because they had to save the world from aliens. So they challenged the aliens to a game of flat track roller derby and they actually explained the rules and that like, even though it was Hulk in the ages Whoa. of Smash, it was the most accurate representation <laughs> of flat track roller derby I've seen, which is saying a lot. I, because is. The penalty box was an actual box that like took the penalized player up into the sky. <laughs> <laughs> <guy is> awesome. <laughs> they
2: a roller derby player in their riding oh, room, they, or they heard maybe to they be
0: asked. That accurate? Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's amazing. Because it was, it was She-Hulk's idea. She Hulk's uh-huh. idea. She was a skater in this episode, and mm-hmm. so when the aliens were attacking New York, she was like, "We should challenge into roller derby it's really the there.
2: only way
0: that yeah. makes sense oh, to save for the sure. world." For sure, right.
2: I will. I will battle you in a duel, my team versus your team. Roller right.
0: derby, right. yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: I think we should start. Yeah. <laughs> and then we'll wars that. like that. Can you I tell that we're teammates?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Hot Rods, Corvita. Vida. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's like because of how it's misrepresented, like an example, like Birds of Prey and Whippet. It's like not only do you have to market what it is, but you also have to deal with the unmet expectations right. of people who expect you to be some crazy bitch, like going out there just starting fights and elbow fight people in the face, slashing the crowd in between jams or something. I don't know. Yeah. Um, and it so still maybe, may happen, but it's very unlikely. Not in most bouts now. Both now, if you got to like unlikely. roller con or some shit, like, I don't know what. Oh, like see.
1: a scrimmage or like when they do the, yeah the, or a scrimmage the, or some the, of the drag
0: bouts yeah, the yeah. Round, for
1: example.
0: There, there's a fun side of derby and there's a competitive more structured side of derby right. <laughs> so. right like a
1: scrimmage and all that they're not like sanctioned games like when you go to a sanctioned game you're not going to see any of that
0: yeah. right
1: it's a very athletic very precise, very, a lot of strategy go into it.
2: I mean, like when you're working the door, right. And you see, you know, a group of dudes coming in and it's their first roller Derby bout and they're excited to grab some beers, you know, Oh, I've never been to a game before. Like this is going to be so fun. And you know, their expectation is they're going to see a bunch of hot chicks on wheels. Well, okay. You're going to see that, but I've had those same men leave the end of the game and say, I had, No idea what was happening, what this will know, just how athletic. Like, I didn't know Mm -hmm. that I was coming to a professional sport, I thought I was coming to some theater wrestling on skates type of situation. And I think that you know, even people who go into these situations to a roller derby game, assuming, oh, it's going to be hot chicks who are drunk and angry and have ripped tights. I mean, like there might be some of that, but, but, (laughs) but also you are going to walk away, not being disappointed, but Mm -hmm. being absolutely blown away by the athleticism of these women. And, you know, to how nuanced the sport is, I think that it really, it's very impressive. So I think I think um, even if you're someone who's like, I think I like roller derby for this. Well, you're probably not listening to this podcast, but <laughs> if, if you are, I mean, check it out. Cause I think people are pleasantly surprised, even if they go in with the expectation of something different, yeah. right? Yeah.
0: I remember I when, go ahead. oh, I was going to say like, I don't know when's the last time you watched hell on wheels, but mm-hmm. like That's when, like good. when flat track derby was like making its uh, debut in Austin, there were interviews where where skaters literally described this sport as hot chicks beating each other up on skates. And so it's like, when you factor that in, it really hasn't been that long yes. since we started adopting this more structured style of play mm-hmm. and trying to peddle that to potential fans mm-hmm. and, and sports fans and potential consumers. So it's like, Derby is already a young sport. And then when you talk about this version of Derby, it's even younger. Right. And so I'm not saying that to say that there's something wrong with the other style. And it's like, you know, we, we might have opportunities for that in the future, but I'm just really looking forward to working with people who just kind of trust this small group of leaders to help us find sponsors, help us find opportunities for promotion to really legitimize the sport and see what we can do as far as growing a fan base and bringing money into it. That's
2: awesome. Cool.
0: Yeah. Okay. Me too. Very excited. And it it goes into what people talk about with equity a lot, too, because equity in Derby comes up a lot. And it's like one of the issues with equity in Derby is the fact that it costs money. We talked Mm -hmm. on an episode before about the cost of skates and gear. (sighs) And that doesn't even count having to take time off work. And if you need childcare in order to do that, or Mm -hmm. if your job just simply doesn't allow for it, Mm -hmm. or if you want to be on travel team and can't afford it, that was why I took a year off because just financially didn't make sense for me that particular season. Mm -hmm. Right. You
1: know, it's a lot of money. It's a lot of money.
0: Yeah. And so when I think of equity and Derby and to even begin addressing it, we at least have to get to a point where you don't have to pay to go to your own travel games, right? Just, to, just, just, just
1: not to cut you off, just, just, a second. Like last last season, uh, I played with a travel team from Austin. We went twice to Denver. We went to Seattle. Mm-hmm. Uh, we went to Philly, and we went to Santa Cruz, California. So in
2: one year in, in one year season. in one
1: season from like March to October. So mind like. Flights, hotel, food is everything. And like you break, like you might hit your head on the floor. You need a new helmet. That's another 60, 70, 80 bucks on top of everything. Like it's a lot of money that and was in Yeah, so, and for those year, who
2: don't understand, who paid for that?
1: Oh, that came out of my own
2: the <laughs> Individual <laughs> skaters. There's right. very few sports that play at the level that we play where that is expected.
0: Right, right. Mm-hmm. The last year mm-hmm. that I was on travel team, we went to Los Angeles, we went to Denver, we went to New Orleans, we went to Montreal. Oh, that's right. And then <laughs> I was coaching the men's team and mm-hmm. we went to Wales. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, once again, it's and it's like, sometimes you have fundraisers that take care of a little bit of it, but it's still, most of it comes out like, yeah, yeah when I say a little bit, I mean a little bit, yeah. but most of it comes out of your pocket and you have to take <laughs> off work. Um, and so I was like, well, the first thing that needs to happen if we're going to have any semblance of equity is we've got to figure this situation out. And we're not going to figure it out unless we're bringing money into the sport. So when I talk about bringing money into the sport, it's not from some selfish place like, oh, I just want my teammates to have some <laughs> of these six-year, $90 million contracts like Ezekiel <laughs> Elliott. Although that would be nice. Yeah. It's literally. I like, Zig, just send us $1 <laughs> $1 we can do a with
1: that for I think real. you can make it until you die
0: <laughs> with eighty-nine.
1: Just send us one meal, we can take off and we can make this shit happen, bro That's right. it. Just <laughs> what? I got your jersey <laughs> I clever. It. One of them is 90 mil. That jersey
0: next time. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so it, it's not like a, a place of greed or anything. It's literally that I my my goal number one is I want to at least <clears throat> see what can happen if I can create a situation for skaters where they don't have to pay for their travel. Goal number two is to create a situation for skaters where they don't have to pay for their own skates, gear and uniform. And that's that's just where I wanna start because even bringing that much money into the sport to do that for skaters who are traveling and representing their city would be such a vast difference from where we have been that that would feel like a huge success to me. Yes. So that's what I'm excited about is the opportunity to just run the organization in a certain way where we can really pursue that. And that's our goal. And nobody's like well, we shouldn't, you know, worry so much about money. It's like, no, no matter what you want to accomplish in this sport is going to take money. If you want equity in roller derby, you need money. If you want to prove to the rest of the sports world that trans athletes have a place and you shouldn't be excluding them from sporting events, guess what? No other sports organization is going to listen to you if you're broke. Mm
2: -hmm. You know,
0: if you want to push anti-racism efforts, Once again, no other sports organization is going to listen to you if you're broke. So if you want to have any chance of making any kind of difference in the sports world and using your position as a sports organization to make an impact on your community, you need money in order to do that. And so that's just my word to any roller derby organization who's like, how can we make X, Y differences in our organization? We want to have this impact. Unfortunately, it starts with that dirty word. Nobody in the dirty community wants to talk about, which is money profit, revenue. <laughs> it, it, it's a thing. It's a thing. If you don't pay attention to the sports world, listen up. It's a thing you needed. Okay. And so it's like, if you just take a little bit of time and focus on that, like, trust me, you won't regret it. You'll be able to move forward and focus on all those other initiatives that you have in mind, whether it's anti-racism, whether it's working with junior skaters, because there are a lot of young girls whose lives have been impacted from roller derby, like grown women have been impacted. So whether it's juniors, whether it's know the lgbtq community anti-racism equity in the community whatever it is just mm -hmm. equity in general if you just take that time and figure out how can we actually make some real revenue it will go a long way Mm -hmm. and also
1: like you can like whatever you're listening from like i'm almost 100 sure there is a roller derby league close by that you can support like locally support your derby uh, your local roller derby league, like Especially they, need now they need it. Yes, like talk, like talk about it. Share their stuff. Go to their events. Buy their merch. Like whatever it is. Like if you have a business and you're willing to like donate water bottles. I don't know. Um, you know whatever it is. T-shirts. Whatever. Anything mm-hmm. can help because most leagues have folded during a lot of leagues have folded during the pandemic, and it's very
0: sad. And they not folded; they lost members. They made venues. out of rhythm as far as the functioning and operation of the organization. Right. They lost venues, like Espain just said. Mm-hmm. Oh, by the way, I said I was going to introduce myself this episode. Oh. <laughs> Hi, I'm Bitch Two. My name is also Jazz. And on the track, my teammates call me Lethal, which is short for Fleur de Lethal. Oh, Nice. Why are you so excited about my name? You know my name. Because I, don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I
2: so, really don't hear that of <laughs>
0: Just be excited sometimes. But, <laughs> <great>. <laughs> um, but Fleur de Lito is a play on words. I grew up in Louisiana. I still feel very connected to my home state. I love it. But the Fleur de Lee is a symbol of Louisiana, and so I picked the name Fleur de Lethal to connect to my home state. That's awesome. Love it. Yeah. Well, do I have to choose my
1: left hand? Okay, I'm gonna. I'm gonna do it. <laughs> um, I'm bitch one, um, also known as Spain on the track because I'm from Spain, in case you was wondering <laughs> what the accent was coming from. Because um, I'm sure you all heard it. Um, oh. And yeah, <laughs> and my government name that none of these bitches use is Elena. That's so weird. I use it right? I use it when
0: I write emails to people. <laughs> well, that's
1: true. You do, but you do write a lot of emails. So you do know a lot of names. Sometimes like You're I'm awesome. on social media and I'm like, ah, what is this person's name? Because I can't find them. I only know their derby name. You don't have me all the time. All the time! All I the time! Was just,
2: I was just tagging on Instagram before this. I'm like putting in Spain. And I'm, like, I'm like, ah, I have to put an E in here, put a real name. so weird. so weird.
0: Oh, man, my story's not that cool. This is Jurassica, (laughs) (laughs) y'all.
2: I'm Jurassica. Everyone thinks that it has to do with Jurassic Park. It absolutely does not. It has to do with the band Jurassic Five. It's a play on that. My number's five. I love Jurassic Five. But also it came just because some kid back in high school used to call me Jurassica because my real name is Jessica. And I don't know, when I was searching for my roller derby name, I was in Rec League and they kept saying, you know, put your, think of a name and put it on a piece of tape on your helmet not nothing permanent and have people call you that for a week, two weeks and see if you like it. And I had tried like, two or three different names, all from like children's books. Cause like I'm a teacher or whatever. And
0: or whatever.
2: None of them stuck, none of them felt right. And I was like, you know, that one kid used to call me Jurassic. I put it on my helmet and it just, it stuck. And everyone mm-hmm. agreed that it stuck. And now that's been my name for what? Nine years or something.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I went through a lot of names too. That's yeah? Wait, I didn't know, what other names have you had? Well, like I said, I spent a whole year not skating. So I had plenty of time. My, <laughs> first, my first year, I didn't even buy any jerseys. Cause I knew I wouldn't get rostered for shit. <laughs> Um, <laughs> my derby name was Almost Nice Rack Because somebody wrote that on my review sheet From Minimum Skills Almost nice rack Because derby was a different world back then It's yeah. like you could say shit back then That you could never get away with right now And so somebody wrote that on my feedback sheet They wrote Nice Rack And so my derby <laughs> name was Almost Nice Rack They said a lot of shit I look When did at, you start skating?
1: When did I uh, 2015
0: Okay, so that was like right after things started to change you 2012 two? Okay, so you were probably around yeah. for a lot of the raunchy yeah. shit. oh yeah, oh yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah.
0: Like when I was learning how to skate, and you know how everybody's like, get low, get low, and nobody ever gets low enough? Her, one of the trainers who was working with me, how she taught me to get low. She got behind me and she does like this. She says, I need you to put your pretty little ass in my hands. <laughs> and I was just like, Did she just told me to put my ass in her okay. hands. <laughs> and I was like, Nashville. What? Okay. <laughs> Oh, man. Um, we when we first started learning offense, because for a while rules didn't really lend themselves to playing offense for your jammer. But mm-hmm. we, when we first started learning the concept of offense and playing it, it was called the fucker because your job was to go in and fuck shit up. Right. Mm-hmm. So I mean, why call it offense when you call it the fucker? Mm-hmm. Um, speeding up the pack was called runaway pussy. <laughs> um, so it was just like I remember going into it and learning all this shit, and then like literally the next season. A lot I'm of learning it. Yeah, they yeah, so like, we these. can't we can't do this, we can't do that, we can't say that. Don't tell anybody to put their ass in your hands. <laughs> like <laughs> we ended up on ESPN 3 for playoffs, and there were skaters who had to change their names mm-hmm. because ESPN was like, Oh, we cannot have no, no, you cannot. And like had to get new jerseys made last minute for people. People mm-hmm. had to like pick new derby names or go by their real names. People were highly upset. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, it was a whole thing, derby becoming more respectable. And I think in a lot of ways, in a lot of places, the sport kind of swung to the opposite end of the spectrum. Yeah. It's kinda like if you have you ever had like a group of friends and you got like one that's just so out there that like
2: <laughs> well.
0: <laughs> like they kind of want a relationship, but they just so out there like they're never gonna really work in a relationship. And then you got the one on the other side who's like so conservative that they don't go out at all. And so they're also never gonna be in a relationship. (laughs) I feel like that's where we went. We went from that wild bitch. You went from the whole phase
1: to a a married life.
0: We went from whole phase to like church night. Yeah. (laughs) And now we're just like, okay, bring it back. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. really, we're we're not. As a matter of fact, not even to the middle. We're just gonna go to this side, just slightly towards. open. yes. To be like right here, yes, right here.
1: Yeah, Yeah, my name was gonna be the Inquisitor. It was Uh gonna be the Inquisitor, but Mm. yeah, I was I was told, you know, like I don't I don't know I don't know. Like I mean, they did really bad things in my country, but you know, Mm. yeah. Yeah, the Inquisition, anyways. Oh, the
0: Inquisition. I just put it together. Right, Mm -hmm.
1: right. So I was going to be the the Inquisitor. But Mm -hmm. then everybody... So when I first started skating, there was one of my teammates. This was in Kerrville, South Texas. uh, That was worried that she was not pronouncing my name correctly. So she started calling me Spain by my homeland. So everybody called me Spain. Mm -hmm. So by the time I passed my minimum skills and I earned my name there was no way nobody was going to call me the Inquisitor because everybody was already calling me. So she names. thought she
0: was getting your name wrong, so she just called you the wrong name.
1: <laughs> right, right. She just made up a whole new thing, yeah, to
0: call me by. So- it's like a weird response to, I think I'm not getting your name right. Let me just call you something else. <laughs> let me just call you by your let homeland. Me just, let me make up a name for you,
2: yeah.
1: It's like if I called you, like, hey, like, Charles, or like, you know, like, <laughs> exactly. But anyway, so then- I had just been introduced to T-Pain like a week before I passed minimum skills. So Uh, that's why- That's why-
2: I did not know. I did not know it was related to T-Pain. No, T-Pain. T-Pain, can Express. we, yeah, can we get him to make us an intro song? Oh, T-fane. that would, you please, listen? if you listen, please. We'll stay talking to people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't look at the camera the whole time except when I really want some. Yo, T-Pain,
0: you
2: listening? Yeah. You're talking to
0: T-Pain. This one then asked, uh Giannis Antetokounmpo to come on the show. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. No. Where are you? Hey, yeah. And I'll be picking up bad habits. I'm out here like, CD, you wanna, you when you wanna have dinner together? <laughs> <laughs> we're still waiting to do this interview and that. Well,
1: Devin has been. Well, uh, well Booker has been also awesome invited to the podcast.
0: Oh, I didn't bring him up first this time. This, this is know. gonna be I the was, second episode. I
1: know. <laughs> I know. You, you know, she fucking waited until we're done recording last oh, time dude. to be like, Oh, the like Fuck I didn't even
0: notice it. <laughs> and today come and today,
1: here, and today, and today, and today, I'm like, I'm it today. <laughs> At
0: some point, it's gonna come out. And it was perfect. Um the the, the chef from Hard Knocks, Chef Hobby. Yes. He went live on IG last night. Oh and I asked him how to get him on the podcast. <laughs> for real? Yeah, he said he's too busy and that his manager would probably tell him to charge a fee. I didn't ask how much the fee was, but he was just like, Yeah, I think I'm too busy for podcasts. So that's a no. Oh man, I really, so I really like him because like, so like, not only do I like sports, but I love to cook and I love food. And so just, I think it's so cool to see somebody who's combined those passions in that way, because mm-hmm. it's like when I was really into cooking and really into the, like the culinary world, I, I follow some chefs, but they never seemed as excited about the people that they cook for as he does.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yes. And so that's just really cool to me. And like when he went live, he was making like this dessert plate. Right and it's just like he wasn't all like buttoned up and snooty like he was very relaxed he was like playing music in the background like drake and like he was having a good time he was having a good time Mm -hmm. and it was just like really fun to like watch him and like amari cooper like hopped into the thing like like in the comments for a second um that's cool and you can just tell that like he's he's a genuine cowboys fan like he grew up in texas Um, He he seems to genuinely like the people that he cooks for. He seems Mm -hmm. to genuinely like what he does. And he brings a different type of culture and a different type of vibe to what he does. I like watching him. Like, I know he's, like, playing a role in rolling out that app that he keeps talking about on his thing and apparently, he was going to open a restaurant at some point, but then COVID happened. And I don't know. Like, I hope he gets a show or something because I, I think he's cool. I want to try your food. And, <laughs> and maybe one day this podcast will be big enough for us to pay that fee. And pay right. You, you can, yeah. Chef we pop can pop have food. you here. Yes.
1: <laughs> and maybe, but, like, cook a meal for us.
0: <laughs> I mean, sure. I don't cook we're that paying much. A fee, I'm but... not bad
1: at it. I don't cook that much, but I will eat pretty much anything. <laughs> a plus eater.
2: Yeah.
1: So.
0: But yeah, yeah, it's cool. So one day we're gonna put that one on the back burner. See what I did there? Back burner. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna put that on the back burner and maybe one day. Maybe one day. You you asked what our biggest trepidation was about yes. Violet Crown. Mm-hmm. And um I was just thinking about it. For me, I would have to say my biggest trepidation is this chance that we could be considered the enemy. Mm-hmm. Because there are some people who think we still shouldn't be skating, like even though we're all vaccinated or whatever, there are some people who still think we just shouldn't be doing it. Um, And because of the order in which things are happening and the fact that I haven't really had an opportunity to put out like a press release or just communication to everybody, I don't want people to think that this is an attempt to like usurp the other leagues that are around, or compete with them or try to snuff them out of existence because it's not that. Like when I said I wanted to create a, something for people to come back to when they are ready, I, I meant that wholeheartedly. Mm-hmm. And when Texas Roller Girls is ready to come back, like, you know, where, where are USARS League? Texas Roller Girls will still be WFTDA. We're not gonna file a WFTDA charter unless Texas Roller Girls is like, <clears> okay, <throat> we're actually done. done. Right, right. And in that case, I, I would probably do it just so people who do want to participate like
1: at, at that level. Yeah, know, as an opportunity they have I an opportunity
0: work. to do that. But it's like, you know, this isn't like a, I hate Texas. I hate with no, kind of thing. No. With lifted, it's like managing I mean. a global organization through a pandemic can't be easy. I do understand the challenges of dealing with such a large body because you're talking about an organization that exists around the world. Like, damn, there are 40 countries, 400 something leagues, and it's set up to be a democracy. So every league has a voice, not just the top 20 who expect to go to champs, you know? So like, that can't be easy. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I'm just like, okay, but we still need to do something. So that's what it was. It was, it was more so like, WIFT is doing their thing. Texas is doing their thing. I'm not going to tell them what to do. I spoke my piece to the leadership of various organizations and they did with that information what they felt they needed to do with it, cool. But then once it kind of became clear what people were gonna do and how that did not align with what I wanted to do, I was like, okay, well, here's a path that I can take in the meantime and then maybe we'll meet up at some point in the future. I don't know what's gonna happen. I'm not a psychic. I'm not gonna pretend to be, but (laughs) this wasn't an attempt to like hurt other people or make other people feel like they don't belong or... Whatever people might try to assume, no, one hundred percent,
1: no, this is not, this is not. We're not that rude We're not doing anything like that. This is just we wanted to do this, and we're doing it, and that's just it. Period. Plain simple.
0: Yeah.
1: We couldn't do it with the other league, so we're doing it on our
0: own. On our own. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Why am saying that? <laughs> um. But yeah it, it is interesting to see how Derby has evolved and that is still like the one thing that that has remained that it's still grassroots enough to where you can just kind of go out and mm-hmm. do your own thing if you need to right um, mm-hmm. And that's one thing that I do like about it that just like almost anybody can find themselves in a position of leadership um, if you're willing to put in the work mm-hmm. you know it's not like there's um, like so many barriers to entry that somebody's like, oh I can never get to that point. Mm-hmm. You know, like I was, I was telling somebody, I was like, you know, it costs two point five billion dollars to start a new NBA team, <laughs> and here I am with like me and four homies.
2: Yeah. <laughs> you a, a few bucks, bucks are <laughs> We are gonna make this shit. <laughs> <laughs> a Ten dollar bill. Here we go.
1: <laughs> uh, literally, but you know, that's that's all. Really, all it takes. Like if if anybody that is part of it really believes in it and wants to do it is gonna grow and it's gonna and it's gonna it's gonna flourish and it's you know and someday we'll harvest but it takes
0: work oh 100
1: it's not it's not like The three of us were just gonna go skate and start a new thing. No, it does not work yeah, like that. There's a lot have... of work behind it, and a lot of meetings and and money, and, meetings and, 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 decisions. and decisions and opinions, and like how do we do this better than this? And to
0: write, right?
1: <laughs> and yes, exactly. Yes, there's a lot. There's a lot,
0: but we're doing it. As everybody's had to learn at some point,
1: right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I mean, there we wouldn't exist if not if if this. Those four women at the time wouldn't have done what they did. Derby wouldn't have flat track at all. If, if, only if, there if, was those, if could those, ask about that, mm-hmm. 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 I wonder who could mm-hmm. ask
0: about yeah. that. Let Stay tuned. Like <laughs> <careers. Stay laughs> at too. the same time, <laughs> if only there was somebody that we could ask. That, <laughs> what was it like when you first decided that flat track derby was going to be a thing? Huh. Can you know, think of anybody? Huh? I mean. Hmm. Maybe a hot yeah. rod, maybe. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> they, are
2: the, they are the most elite.
0: Of <laughs> I mean, I was gonna say, you know, it just seemed like if you if you look through the documents and you know who was influ- influential, you see a lot of hot rod names. Mm-hmm. You know, you see some heartbreakers and hustlers too, but you know, I feel like there was a hot rod there in the very beginning. Oh man. She's got a trophy named after her. <laughs> <laughs> You don't say <laughs> Really hard, <laughs> Hydra. Oh, you know that trophy Lord. that everybody tried to win every year before the pandemic happened. Yeah, that mm-hmm. one. The one with the skate on it. When's she coming? When's she coming on? We should have her on next week. Okay, we so all right. All yeah. Right. So next week, mm-hmm. ladies and gentlemen, we will be speaking to the one, the only Hydra. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, fucking so, I'm so excited. got one what name like Madonna. And <laughs> that's it. And show. every
1: and that's the thing. Like everybody in the derby world, in the derby verse, know that name.
0: Yeah. Like that and is. You don't like, know who she is. Insane. You know the name. Mm-hmm. Right, right, so, right. 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 Yeah, right. For some reason, you don't know who she is. Oh, you're gonna know now. You can, <laughs> now you can find out, and now you're you'll find out why there's a trophy called mm-hmm. Hydra. Mm-hmm. after. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're gonna find out. Mm-hmm. out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anything else I want to say before we wrap up, or as we wrap up? Mm-hmm. Roll the Derby. <laughs> what is that? that is not a thing. That is not a thing. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, I used to do that all, all last season we play, like we would be like skating around or whatever, and I would just bust out like screaming. roll the Derby. And then they would clap. Wait, was that it? Yeah. Was that the they it so. Oh, Okay. I'm not done. <laughs> it's not, it's
2: not done. Um, It was it was a okay. thing. <laughs>
0: Well, <laughs> <that> so <laughs> next week, yeah, we're going to talk about what's uh, what's happening with the WNBA playoffs because, um, like I said, tomorrow night there are some games. There are going to be some games on Sunday. So by the time we get to Wednesday, we'll have some results to report on that. Of course, we'll have more to say about what's happening in the NFL. Um, the Cowboys are playing on Monday night, on Monday. so mm-hmm. we're definitely watching that. We'll see mm-hmm. how the Saints do, how they adjust, how they bounce back. Just, like, are <laughs> we watching them. I was like, why she making that face I guess to I'm
2: gonna have Cowboys. to watch the Cowboys now.
0: You you can watch whatever team you wanna watch and bring your feedback to That's the table. No, I'm just saying, As I'm gonna have right, to watch
2: to see if I'm wearing the jersey or not. So
0: true too.
2: Do you have an NFL bay?
0: Nah.
1: Oh, you need to find
0: that. Okay. So next we we're, we're going to figure out who Jurassic's NFL bay is. So you um, need to
1: go through all the lists
0: and find a bay. Yeah. All right. The whole list? You okay. can pick anybody. All the men,
2: all the men in the NFL. You,
0: you don't right. have to go through all of them. I mean it's it's I like I can give you some good people to start off with. Right? I'll
2: I'll call in sick from my job so that I can go through <laughs> and find my NFL Bay. <laughs> I, I want to make sure up. that I, you know, really commit the Amount of time and the you know attention to detail that is needed for this job. So yeah. I'm
0: because at some it. point we're going to get back to our letters and you'll hear me say something like, "Dear CD, yes. <laughs> <laughs> you did all great right. on Sunday, regardless of what any of these pundits have to say." That's right. Keep <laughs> they, killing it. They just jealous. They be hating. All
2: right, <laughs> NFL Bay. I got I got homework to do. I got do.
0: all right. So NFL, WNBA, and then we're going to talk with Hydra about. We, we wrote down a lot of questions, I'm not going to lie. It's, it's, it's going to be a good conversation. You're going to get to hear her story from the beginning of Derby. You're going to get to hear her thoughts on the sports world right now. Um, it's going to be great. You don't want to miss it. So,
2: tune in. <laughs> Bye, bitches. Bye, bitches. Bye.
0: <laughs> Bye, bitches and those who aren't. <laughs> Bye,
2: bitches, everybody. Bitches and non-bitches alike. Yes. There we go. <laughs>